0: Hey, Print Hustlers, Bruce from Printavo here, Simple Shop Management Software. We've got a very special guest this week on the podcast. We've got Kevin Oakley from On Printing out in Las Vegas. How are you feeling, What's going Kevin?
1: on? <laughs> feeling good, man, feeling good. We're almost to the weekend, so I'm loving it.
0: That's awesome, how's everything been going? last couple of weeks so
1: good just on a base level it's getting a little bit cooler so we're actually in the low 100s not like 115 it's dry heat so though it's dry heat. it's it's dry heat yeah so um you know it starts to get to you after a while like you every year it's like all right you know we don't think it's gonna get that hot and then it just gets super hot and it just starts to like wear you down a little bit so i think uh you know even just being stressed but then being super hot the whole time you're like ugh, you just can't get away but um yeah other than that, it's been really good you know uh it's been a wild year, but um you know it's it's looking looking really good.
0: That's awesome. Tell us just a little bit about Stoked On for folks who haven't heard of you or hasn't seen the Instagram.
1: We started back in about like two thousand seven, two thousand eight and I was just in my uh business partner Shane's uh, extra bedroom. So we just started because we were touring around in bands. We were playing in bands, a very similar story to a lot of other people in the screen printing world. And we just decided, hey, we're just gonna start printing our own shirts, more so out of just a necessity to have the availability of not having to order so many shirts. Uh, we could just kind of print as we went. One thing led to another. We started printing for some other bands. We started printing for some other businesses. And around 2010, we moved into our first actual warehouse Uh, it was like a 1400 square foot warehouse. And it was a, it was a ton of fun because we were just out of high school. So, you know, I was just 19 years old. So I was still living with, we were still living with our parents. So it was kind of fun just to have like our own space and, you know, we were like, we can do whatever we want here. So, you know, it was really cool just to have that freedom to uh, explore different business opportunities, all that stuff. We had, you know, Biz- we had shows, we had parties, we had all those types of things at the shop too. Um, so it was kind of a nice place for all of our friends to kind of come together. And then we kind of started moving into the contract world. We got in contact with one uh, customer who was a promotional product distributor, and we thought, hey, how'd this you is get a pretty- in
0: contact with them? He was
1: using another shop. That shop had gotten hit by lightning, so their power blew out, blew up, right? So this guy is just kind of you know searching the web he knew somebody that we did one run for like way back in the day and he was like hey you should talk to these guys and so he just kind of showed up one day and he was like hey you know i got all these orders do you guys want to you know print them at that point we were doing you know you know we're just doing small 36 you know 50ps orders for just you know businesses and this guy's bringing in you know consistent 100 500 volume orders so um you're obviously not making as much you know so that was kind of a little a difference but then once you start to see okay hey uh, you know we're gonna have consistency of work so we can kind of bank on growing you know because that's the hardest thing is the feast or famine business sometimes is you never sure. know when you're gonna get that next order so it was you know it was kind of nice so we you know we were like all right let's you know let's explore this world you know let's let's kind of see what's needed you know where we can fit in you know in this world and uh, we did that for probably about like five to six years you know of just strictly being in the promotional product space as a contract printer to those people and kind of grew, grew and grew and grew from there. Um, and then about in 2017 ish, 2018, we really kind of started diversifying ourselves as far as our customer base. We get, went a little bit more direct. We brought in some more direct business. Why
0: did you guys decide to make that decision from really diving in? Cause it sounded like you were trying to focus heavily on contract and then all of a sudden trying to get more direct. Was it, uh, a deeper margin, obviously selling direct or, or what?
1: Yeah, so there was that, and there was also just the fear of being so dependent upon one industry, and the somewhat of a like a shift in the way uh, contract people are going to function in the future, how promotional product uh, distributors are going to be buying products in the future. You know, when you talk about Alpha Broder getting into decoration, and you have. Larger promotional product suppliers like hit promotions getting into the space, you know, so you start thinking about, okay, well, the model of promotional product distributor buying from Alpha Broder sending to a printer is is kind of cumbersome. You know, there there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that when you take out uh, you know, that uh alpha broder going to a contract decorator, you reduce the amount of friction. So we kind of saw that and we're like, I don't know if we can compete with Alpha Rotor and I don't know if we can compete with Hit Promotion. So
0: it's... Just from uh, the convenience of the supply chain, it, it's it's quicker for them.
1: Yep. Yeah. And, and and as far as most promotional product, there's no other product in their space that does that this type of model, right? You don't buy keychains from, you know, someplace and then send it to a pad printer. You know, you buy from a keychain supplier. So it makes sense in their world to just kind of simplify it. And some, some of the older uh, people in the space, this is just how they've been doing it. Um, But we even have some, you know, younger reps inside of their uh, company that are like, well, why don't we just buy the printing from Alpha Broder? And I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be a problem. (laughs) You know, as, as those, that that older model. So, um, you know, so we've been combating that too. You know, we, we just launched a new website called contractdecorators.com. Um, and it's a single invoice solution, so essentially we're just passing on, you know, our case pricing onto the distributor, and then you can add decoration and all that stuff onto the, on the site. So we're we're trying to compete there a little bit, but you know, there's only going to be so much we can do.
0: Interesting. I know there's been a lot of chit chat uh, online, especially around that model of of the distributors being able to dive in and do their own decoration, especially with them having so much. Uh, the customer data I feel like people were they were feeling funky about it right which I completely understand but to your point which is 100% valid in that it is more convenient right if they do good work it's they have the goods they, they have the you know for them to vertically integrate absolutely makes sense
1: it does yeah and uh when you look at a company like Alpha Broder they're they're VC backed um, you know and what venture capitalists want to see is growth so there's only so many t-shirts that they're going to be able to sell so they're going to say well what other verticals can you go into and they're going to say well we could decorate the shirts too and we're going to bring in that all of that revenue back into the company and they're going to go okay well how much money do you need for that then you might say 50 million dollars to start and they're going to go okay here's the check get it build the build the warehouse you know build the shops buy the buy the machines I think they're going to have like an issue with growing because you know they have such a huge customer base they're going to have a hard time uh competing with us as decorators at the beginning because we are so specialized you know they're not going to be able to do simulated process they're not going to have all these offerings they're going to be able to do left chests and full fronts and they're going to go for the promotional product people you know and what they sell the most of so yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of value that us decorators still bring to the table that they're not gonna take away. But to be upset at them, it's wasted energy, in my opinion, because sure. you can't control it. You know, so what you can control is, you know, what else is there in the world, you know, that we can use our services for
0: yeah no 100 percent. just the natural flow of of capitalism and how it moves around tell me a little bit about the transition though so you know wanting to get more into direct how did that work did you did you you start having to do the sales did you have to bring on somebody to help Uh, obviously it's a big shift in pricing in workflow all of that
1: yeah so we never completely removed ourselves from some direct business you know so even while we were doing contract we still had a small amount of you know I would say 25% of our sales was still direct my goal was to get that to 50% you know so we're 50 50 obviously the volume on the contract side is gonna be a lot more shirts to get to 50% but I just wanted at least our revenue to be 50 50 and it just kind of went back to the drawing board like where do we fit in and where do we bring value that we're not and just compete on price so that was really one of those things where we said what is needed out there and what we essentially saw was, oh, okay, well, I think the model of, you know, selling bulk amount of t-shirts to people is a very saturated market. Anybody who who can buy a press can compete in that market. We saw uh, where we could have a little bit more of like a moat around our business was to focus on technology. Like, how can we improve the customer's experience through technology and make things better and more seamless and for them and and most of all for us because the faster that we can process an order the faster we can print an order the faster we can ship all correlates to value to the customer you know and people will pay for that people will pay for a consistent product and a consistent shipping in a short amount of time so you um, talked
0: about two things there. There's speed and there was transparency, it sounded like. Speed as far as just getting the turnaround time as quick as possible with a quality product. But then you're also bringing up transparency, which isn't as common in that there's more customer communication. Is that what you're trying to dive into? Like for yep. people to be able to see visibility into their order process, all right? Just like I can order on Amazon and know where the box is. Exactly.
1: That's a huge part of it. The the actual communication from the customer, I think, is something people forget about. But it's it makes their experience so much better, and they're so much more willing to forgive when something does not go exactly as planned. When you've kept them in the loop, and when you've been uh, answering their their questions and uh, honestly and truthfully, and they're also seeing. The, the status of their order whenever they choose. If they you know, if it's ten o'clock at night, they can say, Oh, well, hey, where's my order at? Oh, okay, where' you know, I forgot to approve it. Yeah, you know, I forgot to prove the proof. Okay, cool. Let's let's get that approved and you know move on move along with our day. Got
0: it. So there's value there. Are there any other areas that you feel like you were trying to add value other than the speed transparency or maybe even deeper into those areas?
1: Yeah, I think there's a huge disparage of what you know of the people who cannot buy 50 shirts or a hundred shirts or a thousand shirts at a time, there's a huge market there that needs to be served. You know, with they're looking for six pieces, 12 pieces, we feel like, okay, well, there is a market there. And a lot of these people are willing to pay for that service, you know? But the problem is, is in the traditional model of a person walking into your shop, picking out shirts, you know, you have to quote it out, you have to do all these things you can't charge enough for your time however there's a lot of those people who are willing to do that work online but you have to have the resources and tools for them to use the uh, to go through that process you know so that was another thing it was like well hey we don't we don't really have a showroom here we don't really allow people to come in we have a showroom but that's just for like our some of our higher end Uh, clients so that we could bring them in and show them some decoration techniques and things like that but we don't really want that that traffic inside of our shop but we definitely want that traffic online you know so it was mostly like how can we give the same quality of product we're giving to some of our higher-end customers to uh, a person who's just getting started or somebody who's just doesn't have enough capital to put up the money to get that big run to get that cost down low so so
0: do you feel that you're is it really the average order size you see decreasing and so that's where you're trying to get ahead of it by being a very capable you know direct to garment or, or uh, like type of printer to be able to have them go online design the products and stuff and then you guys are shipping out you know call it five ten pieces or so do you see the shop then trying to trend more towards lower quantity orders? Or I feel like what's a lot of the shops see this struggle as as what you said, you can't charge enough for the time. Now of course you gotta make it a lot more efficient of a process with the art approval and the quote approval and all this back and forth before the job's even printed. Is the goal to shorten that as much as possible then for Stoked On and then be able to handle that market?
1: Yep. Exactly. That, that, that's exactly what we're trying to do is build tools that automate a lot of those things that we're, we were doing manually before. You know, like the quoting process, the ordering process, and all of those types of things. How do we get um, from a customer's order, you know, they, they are willing to give us money to uh, the press as fast as possible. So that's really trying to, to whittle down all those steps in between. And what tools can we then build, you know, on the internet, let's just say, you know, what type of software and what type of tools can we build along the way that automate a lot of those processes and speed up and get it sped up.
0: How's that been going? Good.
1: It's, uh, it's just a different world. You know, we were kind of speaking to it a little bit briefly before we got going here on the podcast, but, you know, before it was just, you know, Hey, we were, um, you know, some band guys that were printing shirts and now it's like, okay, well, Hey, now we're actually becoming like more of a technology company that just so happens to print shirts. Like that's our product into the world. Um, but it's becoming so much more based on technology. You know, you know, now we have three full-time developers that are just constantly working on, you know, products and updates and, you know, web software developers. Yeah. Yeah. Really? So we have, we have a team of three. Yeah. So we're, um, I have, you know, some road, you know, in learning like what's a roadmap and like, you know, what are milestones and, you know, like getting version, you know, updates out and all those things that you just never, you never learn, you know, when you're a a screen printer, you know, so now kind of having to learn that side of the business. So it's fun. It's challenging, um, but it's just so cool now to see. It's kind of a similar I. you know with screen printing because you get to see a process take from you know its origins of hey I got this idea for a shirt you know all the way down to the dryer when that shirts finally coming out of the dryer and it's a beautiful printed shirt is this kind of same kind of thing it's you know when we're talking about software we're like hey what if wouldn't it be cool if we could do this and then okay well how do we do that well we need to do this this and this and then you are using the product, you know, and you start, you get to play with it and you get to see it uh, working. It it brings the same kind of amount of joy as, you know, seeing a nice printed shirt coming out.
0: Yeah. That's very interesting. I have definitely seen some shops that have done a very good job of using garments as the bridge, like what you're talking about being a tech company, but uh, you're using shirts as is the bridge to get from point A to point B. And it's been interesting, especially in the live printing area. I, I mean, I think Family Industries has, has done a, a very good job. Obviously no live events really happening right now, though they've pivoted to some other stuff, but their view is more like agency using shirts, just like yours is. Yep tech using shirts so it's just kind of fascinating to see that pivot and that transition into it do you think this you know covid really pushed that forward for you or was this already in play you know or or what really altered over the last couple of months here
1: 18 to 24 months ago uh, my partner and i we were like how do we get into print on demand because we saw that and we saw the idea behind it is just like an insane value proposition for a customer it's like instead of having to bulk order all of your stuff we send it to a 3pl or we send it to you and you fulfill all the orders and all those types of things we're just going to fulfill the order as it's ordered you know we're going to print that ship it in a couple days so we saw that and we saw some you know i i ran into a guy i would say it was about three years ago um, and he was the owner of a company called dtg To go And he was telling me what they're doing. And I was like, this is unbelievable. This is gonna change the game of, of what we think, you know, printing t-shirts and buying uh, online and selling online is going to be. So we, you know, we started that journey and that's where we really started. We're like, oh wow, you know, we're gonna need to have a lot of tech you know, because that's the only way is to automate all of these things. So, and even up until last year, I was still having to convince some people that print on demand was a good idea because they're like, well, man, I don't know. It's more per shirt, this and that. It's, you know, there was was a lot of like hangups and there was a lot of uh, false beliefs that I had to break down Um, with COVID. It completely accelerated that whole world. You know, people who didn't want to sell online or selling online, people who used to have a huge warehouse and a huge inventory. Uh, don't have that inventory anymore, and they're just doing print-on-demand. And there's just a huge shift into the e-commerce world, and whether it was people who were there, uh, but didn't want to do print-on-demand, or people who are not even selling online are now there, and I don't think it's ever going back. You know, I think people are now seeing like, okay, this is the way of the future. You know, is to sell online, and with with uh, companies like Shopify, Big Commerce, you know, Etsy. And all these things making it so easy for you to sell online, it's just going to get more and more prevalent, I would say.
0: Sure. That makes sense. What would have been some hiccups for you guys trying to make this transition?
1: Figuring out how to connect to an e-commerce store is just a, is a hurdle in itself. (laughs) Um, You know, so because, and, you know, making, how do you get, you know, good artwork and then, you know, getting all the way down to the printer so that you're really touching it. Once again, the least amount of times because the, you know, each time somebody touches it your margin just went down you know sure. so okay like and so and once again it's a completely different way of thinking than screen printing because screen printing is very uh, there's a lot of variables there's a lot of things there's a lot of uh, a little a little bit of a person's touch you know every time you know you you really want to really experience operators so that he knows okay the squeegee pressure the angle all these things um whereas print on demand with DTG, it's a very systemized process. It's like this, 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 you know, and you just need to have the processes and the layout for it to, to function well, you know.
0: Is there equipment that you recommend for folks that are looking to get into it? Um, you know, some of the smaller DTG, or are you guys messing around with some of the larger like coordinates or digital squeegee types, or uh, I think, was it the Rock Now? rock now yeah, yeah
1: that's the weirdest thing about the dtg space because in screen printing we have a very um i don't know i guess like a staircase of equipment costs right sure. You could start on the really low end and you could kind of like you know take a step up take a step up until you're buying like a huge expensive machine with dtg it's like okay like you have your kind of entry level you have your like a little bit bigger of entry level and then you have like a huge jump you know you're going from thirty thousand dollars to four hundred thousand dollars you know and there's really not really anything in between you know so uh we did like a lot of cost analysis and the rock now is actually a really good machine and it's a really good um operating costs and everything about it's really good it's just a really expensive machine so you're, you're putting out a ton of money And some of these machines are only doing 100 to 200 shirts an hour. So you're putting up a ton of money to do a low amount of shirts per hour. So what we did is we actually opted for, we just got a new batch in of uh, the GTX Pro Bs. So that's the bulk ink system. And it's really cool. We ran a lot of the numbers on it because it does take a lot more labor than something like the Rock Now or the coordinates or the oval jets of the world. But once you factor in the amount of money you would have to put up your cap, your cap X to put in, uh, you're really about the same. So we figured, hey, let's just like, we're still relatively new into this space, right? So, we're we're kind of uh, trying to make the most uh, bang for our buck, as well as making sure we're, we don't get too upside down if something were to happen. You know. Sure.
0: So with that, brother, did you guys just purchase one, or is it like multiple that are running at the same time?
1: Yeah, we have nine right now. So how, so how did nine. that work
0: with people did, did you augment it with the screen print side in that team or, or is it hiring new folks and training there how did that work we
1: specifically hired screen printing people for this it's a lot simpler of a process as uh, screen printing um, but you still need to have like the basics of like loading a shirt straight loading a shirt consistently knowing like when things are at a register or a crooked print and like the quality control of it because what we're trying to do what we're trying to bring to the, the dtg world is the closest experience to a screen printed shirt as possible so the way we found was if we could bring in screen printing people they're gonna know like hey this thing is looking really funky like stop sure. you know so um yeah so we actually brought in almost everybody from either another part of our screen printing uh operation or from other shops that um were laying people off or you know Went out of business.
0: Wow! So that was actually good timing then for you, because you know, obviously, a lot of shops were hurting. I mean, what what was what was stoked on like from call it uh, you know March April? It was pretty economically very challenging, and then going into the last couple months. Yeah. Did you guys Uh, have some 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 lows and or you know how did that work?
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. So just like uh, most people I talked to, uh, you know, the first, first quarter of this year was rocking like it was we were way above last year. um, You know, January, February, and the first half of March, we were doing so much work, you know, and it was really great. It was consistent. Um, And then from like a Friday to a Monday, we went from having a lot of orders coming in to no orders, you know, it was just like, all right, flatline so we had to immediately act so we immediately act and we we went from 43 people down to about 18 people you know over the course of two days you know we had we had to lay those people off um just to because nobody knew what was going to happen right so from there it was okay well we've stabilized you know what's the next step when we started in 2008 2009 during the great recession it really gave us some insight of like okay hey this is like a really hard time there's going to be a lot of uh hard times in the in the interim however there's going to be so much opportunity we just need to like keep our eyes peeled and we need to ensure that we're set up that we could take advantage of these opportunities as they present themselves so um as we went into april we're starting to look and we said okay let's just start building a bunch of stores like another a bunch of other shops have done um so we had a really good you know push from that 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 brought us into may and then that's really when the the print on demand we started getting a lot more customers you know working on print on demand because we're saying hey this was really great wasn't it and they're like yeah like well let's just keep doing that just keep selling online and we'll just fulfill as the orders come in they're like really like that's you know you can do that and like yeah so do that. We 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 grabbed a pretty big app that we're fulfilling for. So then that took us up into August. And in as far as August goes, uh, we we actually doubled our sales from last year.
0: So wow, yeah, that's awesome. Congrats, Kevin. Yeah,
1: thank you. No, yeah, it was uh, it was it was a lot of hard work. Like it was definitely very trying to go double. You know, but uh, it is really nice to see. You know, when you're when you think back into the end of March when you thought that, all right, Hey, we might not make it through this, you know, kind of thing.
0: Sure. Sure. That's huge. What, um, what do you feel like is your, your biggest struggle right now that you're working through
1: management, man? Like, you know, we went from 43 to 18 and as the last payroll, we had 70 people, you know, so we now have up to 70 people. So building that middle management, right? Like having a director of operations and having, a, you know, a chief revenue officer or somebody in that in that sphere to kind of give us better insight to say hey guys you know you might want to try doing it this way or trying it this way so that's really what we're focusing on next is building out having shane and i and then having you know a you know a really solid team right below us that can help manage and uh you know inspire and as well as you know make things better for the rest of the team you know because There's only so many hours in the day and there's only so much bandwidth shane and i have and we're better suited for other things so
0: sure hiring for management's tough do you feel like you have those roles there now or the right people or wrong people or where do you feel like you're at with it i feel like we
1: have a really good team however we need people more experienced than shane and i you know like we have to in the different areas yeah there's only so much we know so, you know, obviously the thing is you don't know what you don't know. Well, I want to bring in people who know those unknowns so that we can kind of uh, get over some of these growing pains. So really trying to uh, find really experienced people that are far more experienced in certain aspects as than Shane and I are.
0: Got it, got it. Yeah, so. no, I definitely hear you. I think at Printavo, uh, you know, definitely not 70-word, just over 20 now, but breaking out into departments and having somebody that's more senior for each department that has 10 plus years' experience has been, like you said, like very beneficial from my perspective, at least to help take it off my plate. But then also from their perspective, because they are able to help like coach and grow their team as well. I mean, yep. it's just been a nice benefit there, too. Um, not not a small investment, but, uh, you know, I, I, I see that as like if you were trying to get from call it five to 10, it's like needing that experience is huge.
1: It is. Yeah. And, you, and it's something I wish we would have done much earlier on. <laughs> you know, like you said, it's not a cheap position to fill, but if you find the right pe- right person, you know, so we had a director of operations for about six months and he was good um he just had some things that we really needed from somebody else you know so he he came in and he gave us a lot of uh you know It was kind of almost like a consultancy like he came in and he fixed you know some certain things you know he he shed some light on some management things that we needed to work on um but then i think we needed somebody even a step above him as business owners we have a lot of things that we could be working on that doesn't necessarily need to be Okay, making sure that this person's doing what they're what they need to be sure. doing. Sure, operational. We need, yeah, yeah, exactly. We need to be thinking about okay, what does the landscape look like one year, five years, ten years from now, and and how do we how do we navigate that? You know, we need to be steering the ship, not necessarily making sure that the ship is working, right?
0: Yeah, that's awesome, Kevin. I I uh, I'm glad we could catch up. I'm glad you could be able to carve some time out to be able to hang out on the the podcast. Um, you guys can always follow stoked on printing on instagram they always do some really awesome posts to be able to see inside the shop as well so i appreciate you guys sharing that too thank you so much kevin for being able to join us today
1: yeah thanks for having me man really appreciate it